0: coffee drinkers, bass players, guys and girls of the world. We are back. It is August 29th, 2022. This is the uh, post-tour roundup catch-up. Back on the schedule with the podcast. Got so much to share with you from this past week in Europe. And almost all of it really good and really positive. So that is a very nice way to come home and uh and just kind of recap and let you let you guys know what happened Um first of all if you were at a show can't thank you enough for the support it was really what a way to open the tour first of all sold out in London at the Pizza Express I just love playing that club low ceiling real kind of basement jazz club vibe um, really fun and kind of <coughs> the cough is back by the way holy shit the long covid what I don't know what the hell it is really been taking care of myself but the cough is still lingering got some throat lozenges when it, in case it gets really bad but um yeah london was uh london was interesting it was great really great really fun great to see some friends there um some old musical friends and uh and just uh yeah I was I really appreciate you guys coming out and buying tickets and supporting the music it was really key to have a couple of good ones on this tour for the success of it all for the financial success if nothing else um it was really key for that so we didn't go in a massive hole um and kind of allow me to keep going and do it again and do it a little bit longer a little bit bigger and uh include include more people i hope so yeah that was really important to get off to a great start which we did sold out we needed every single one of those ticket sales so that is very very Appreciate appreciated and back line was a little bit of an issue. Uh, John Henry's were quoting outrageous prices for carting drums and bass, all kinds of stuff. So we ended up going with the house gear uh, of, let's say, some unnamed companies for the sake of me and Nico. (laughs) For Tom, it was a hometown gig, so he got to bring his own stuff, which was really cool so we had maybe the most comprehensive well actually the first and the last shows there you go we'll get to the Viljandi the Rhythm Festival which was an amazing way to end the tour in Estonia I would say London and Viljandi had Grand Piano Uh, Viljandi had a Rhodes which Marvin shout out to Marvin who basically bought that that Rhodes back from the dead not only did he bring us from the ferry terminal in, in Tallinn down to Viljandi two hour drive or whatever it was but he bought the Rhodes back from the dead for Tom Basically, like half the keys were eternally sustaining, all the dampeners were pretty much toasted and just bent out of shape. So Marvin went to work on it. I believe he's a guitar player. I think he's a, a keyboard player, but he went went for it, and the road sounded amazing. So yeah, Villandi in London had the most comprehensive keyboard back line. Tom had his Ob6 plus a Rhodes in Viliandi, his own electric piano in uh, London, plus a grand piano in both places. Although we showed up in Estonia for the sound check, and Tom played a chord, like C major triad or something. He's like, "Oh, so this is tuned to 442." How do you feel about that, Yannick? Because <laughs> there's a moment in the uh, there's a moment in the show where we do a, a duo sometimes, and it's in unison and. Uh, yeah uh, it was it was going to be a little tough at four forty two, and this is the wife on the phone let me let me see what she wants hang on a second mi amor hey, hey baby a... oh, how's it going? it's going great i'm just in the <laughs> you, your timing is amazing um i'm in the middle of recording a podcast but let me just hit stop and i'll be right back with the coffee drinkers no it's all good it's all good and we're back i do love it that um we have a a musical family, musical relationship and we can uh, kind of bounce ideas off each other. Chelsea was asking about a chord and um, she was also not convinced that I had pressed stop on a podcast and asked me to say something embarrassing to prove that I had. Anyway, uh, we got, we got to it. Some harmony nerding out for a couple of minutes and now we're back recapping the tour. Um, Yeah. So, great bookends on the on the beginning and the end of this tour was uh was kind of ended up kind of being a little bit more brutal on the travel side of things than I was anticipating we uh yeah, as much as I tried to like do the right thing and go to bed early at night and and, and which I did you know for the most part I did sometimes there was just wasn't a choice um we you know we played until we played sometimes dinner was after the show and not before which was, you know, in Monaco. That was beautiful. Sitting on a beach, having dinner after the show. Um, and John McLaughlin came out to the to the gig and stayed for the whole stayed for the whole concert. So that was cool. Had never met John before, and uh, he lives down there in Monaco. So he was hanging out with his wife and his kid and watched the whole show. Nico, uh, of course, has been in John's band recently. They did a month uh, month long summer tour that ended not that long ago. So it was it was definitely a nice hang. Great to see some people like that. Jeremy Stacy. Shout out to Jezza. Jezza Stace in London, Um, and just yeah, all all over, just uh, running into people and the typical kind of airport hang, and yeah, to that lack of sleep situation. Wah, we definitely had some moments. Um, You know, after Manchester, it sort of it sort of all went off the rails in terms of sleep because of a lot of six am flights and uh, even the ferry when we took the ferry to Estonia from uh, Helsinki was not the uh, not the longest night's sleep. And then you're sitting on a ferry for a couple of hours, and then you're in a car for a couple of hours, and then you go straight to set up and sound check, and then I did a clinic. Then we kind of had, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes. I think I took a shower, changed some clothes, and it was straight to the gig. We caught the end of the, there was a trio playing before us. I forget the name of the cast, that's really bad of me, but um, caught the end of that, which was awesome to hear some other live music while we were around. Um, and it was a festival, so there were a bunch of things happening there. And quite often on festivals, you just you hear nothing. You go in, you do your thing, and you leave. Um, depending, yeah, depending on the festival, of course. But normally it's like that when the schedule's tight. So it was nice to be able to hear a little bit of music, even if it was just from backstage. And then hit it to end the tour. So it was super interesting. And then of course that <laughs> we we that was like food after the gig again in Viliandi. Super cool spot. We like pulled up outside a casino, but then around the back of the casino, there was like a basement club which was serving drinks and then like a food truck outside. So it was really, really hip. I can't thank Indrik and uh, and, and all the cats enough for, for A, having us out there. The, the 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 Estonia gig was really the catalyst for this whole week, kind of made it possible to start booking things around it. So really, real massive thanks to to everyone over there for making that happen. That really just made the whole tour kind of happen. Beautiful way to end it. And then by the time we were done at like midnight – then we had the two-hour drive for me back to Tallinn, and then the guys were flying out of Riga in Latvia, so they had, I think, a three-hour drive. I think we maybe... I know I slept an hour. That was it. And and had basically a 25-hour travel day getting back. I went, ended up going Tallinn to Munich, Munich to San Francisco, San Francisco to Burbank, and then my last flight was delayed three hours. So I was meant to be back in time for dinner, see Lily, you know, uh, hang out with Chelsea and and help with bedtime and all that stuff and bath time and all that. And then I ended up getting back 10 minutes after Lily had gone down. So all things that are kind of a little bit out of your control and you really have to plan for and try not to get too disappointed by when they happen. We, we almost missed our flight to, I want to say to Nice when we were heading down to Monaco from Manchester because the flight... I'd booked, um, which was Manchester, Munich, Munich, Nice. There was no direct flight, so I had to book one with a connection. And normally 55 minutes, even at a big airport, is, is normally enough time. You know, if it's less than, I'll say 45 minutes is probably my cutoff time. If, if an airline is trying to sell me a ticket that has a, a connection time of less than 45 minutes, that's that's a kind of a no-go for me. Maybe bags aren't making it. Maybe the flight is 20 minutes late, and then it's really it's not 45, it's 25. So all of those things. So 55 minutes, I thought, okay, we're pretty good. I know Munich Airport, you know, all the Star Alliance, and Lufthansa flights are kind of within reason, within, you know, within a couple of gates. Boy, was I wrong. So there was a, an immigration because we were coming from the UK. It was yet another Brexit, um, Brexit fuck-up and how that is affecting anyone with an English passport. I actually think now that I could have gone through quicker because they've added US passports to the list. I think it's USA, US, Japan, Australia. Or I saw this in London as well. They've added about 15 or 20 passports, to the automatic passport gates and the US, Australia, Japan, Singapore, a bunch of them are among those. So I think I could have possibly gone through a little quicker than I did with Nico because Nico obviously has a French passport is in the eu was no problem for him he cruised through in two or three minutes but for me and tom and tom is english has an english passport we stood in line and we stood in line for 45 minutes so with a 55 minute connection you can already imagine you know the sweat pouring down our heads thinking we're going to miss the flight and then nico went to the gate he's there i'm calling him like dude you've got to get them to hold the plane, like how many other people must be in this line that are late for flights like there must be tons of empty seats on the flight see if they'll see if they'll hold it and they basically came back and said you've got six minutes I think it then transpired that they realized they had a lot of customers missing and they gave us a little bit longer but there was a half mile walk which Tom and I both ran me with the, Tom, no, did Tom, no Tom just had his carry on which was cool but I had the Pelican case with all the pedals in it We'll get to that in a second, and I also have my backpack on with a laptop, iPad, all that kind of crap in it. So, it was a half-mile run in, you know, just you know, jacket and sweater and sweatpants. You know, supposedly thinking I'm going to be in an air-conditioned airport, which is actually quite cool. I tend to dress, you know, appropriately. I don't go around in shorts and a t-shirt. I don't want to get sick. If if people are blasting the AC, then uh, that that is an option. So I had way too much clothing on to be running. But there it was, came straight through the immigration and flew down there. Um, and me and Tom just made it, and they closed the door right behind us. They said they weren't waiting more than another minute uh, when we were showing up. and So we made it. Um, that was our one kind of scare. Um, I got a report on the Apple. There's so many things to report on. I got a report on the Apple AirTags um not sure how much i talked about this previously in the tour prep but i definitely mentioned i was getting them there had been all these stories of mountains of luggage getting lost like heathrow airport just with 5000 bags sitting there in the in the arrivals lounge not being attended and i really didn't want any part of that i was pretty nervous about the bag not nervous because of the consequences but just more, more the consequences musically, but more of the pain in the arseness of having to you know source new clothes at the last minute. The, the schedule during the day, each day with travel, sound check, food, check into the hotel, gig, and onward travel is just so tight anyway. Trying to find time to go shopping, especially in somewhere like Monaco, which is super expensive. What am I going to do? Go buy Gucci suit to do the gig? And I don't think so. Um, not really getting any H and M or Banana Republic <laughs> or, or anything like that down there. So. I was kind of a little bit nervous in terms of the bags making it. I had heard so many horror stories, um, so that's what prompted me to get the the air tags, and they were amazing. I got the four pack. I think it was hundred and twenty bucks, or hundred something like that. Um, I think they're maybe thirty bucks each. But I had four pieces of luggage. I had the base. I had my uh, duffel with all the clothes in it. Uh, th- those two I was checking. I had my backpack, and I had the Pelican with the with the pedals in it. So I put one in each and it was just nice to see that everything was making it. I got updates, you know, whenever I wanted them, basically. Just amazing how many people have iPhones that these bags passed. You know, I guess baggage handlers have them and it pings them and you can see exactly where it is in the terminal. Just nice to know, kind of a little bit of peace of mind. I guess both ways, right? Peace of mind when you when you land and you, you you just land and you switch your phone and you're like, okay, did the bags make it? Then you don't have to worry between there and the and the and the, and the baggage hall. So you keep you can see them. They're on the plane. They're feet mere feet away from us. Great. Now, if they were showing, you know, when we land, when we landed in Nice they were still showing that they were in Munich, then thankfully they didn't. But if they had done, that would also have been good information to have as well. The 20 minutes or so between when you actually land and get service in your phone to when you get to the lost luggage desk, that's a huge advantage to have that time. To be able to take advantage of that time and be troubleshooting what you might do in terms of, Perhaps getting your luggage back. Maybe it's you can check whether there are later flights uh, that it could possibly come on, or you could assess the situation and see, like, oh, well, there are no later flights. We were on the last flight to Nice. I don't know if we were or not. I doubt we were, but maybe that's the case. So then you need to change your focus to, okay, who do I know in Monaco where we're playing the gig? Who do I know nearby? Who could we possibly reach out to um, for? For for a bass to play the show, and as it happened, John McLaughlin was coming to the show, which was amazing. Nico said, "Ah, oh, yeah, sure, he would have had a bass if if, if there was a problem." Um, in general, there were kind of people we knew around the place, um, which which made it kind of stress low stress. Um, initially, I was like, oh. You know, it was taking a few minutes to update and it kind of looked like the bags got lost. I had to get used to the process. I had to get used to the fact that I couldn't rely on the thing I saw the instant I opened the app. I had to give it some time to update. But once I got used to that, it was really nice to see where the bags were. Um, I believe they say these batteries have a, a year life in them. Um, I'll probably replace them every six months just to be safe. Uh, I'm not sure whether you can tell... Uh, The Battery Life. Um, I'm not sure whether that's in the app. I didn't check that yet. But anyway, um, not a sponsored uh, ad by Apple, but for musicians, for a a cheap-ish solution to never really losing your bag. You know, bags can get delayed. Okay, that's one thing. I've heard stories recently because airlines are so understaffed that people's luggage is actually getting lost actually a bass player I know from a long time ago who you'll probably have seen playing with Jacob Collier now um, is Rob Malarkey and Tom Corley, the piano player in my band is good friends with him. And and Tom was on vacation in in Denmark recently and actually went to a hotel where one of Rob's bags, one or two even of Rob's bags had been for maybe six weeks. because They'd really got lost on, I think on a Jacob Collier tour and tom actually went to the hotel identified himself said yep i'm a friend of rob's and i'm here to pick up the bags okay great and bought the bags home for rob and that was like over six weeks of being well and truly lost that's not a delay one or two days is a delay six weeks is like i may never see this again so the air tags long story long really helped to alleviate um that worry that stress and i will happily continue using them on all the touring i have coming up some um some interesting ones coming up. Steve Smith in a couple of weeks. The Bob Reynolds tour. Now I'm going to play um, play a few shows with this uh, Iranian guitar player called Babek Amini, which will be interesting. One show here in Los Angeles, one up in San Francisco, and one out in the Atlanta, Georgia area. So I'll talk more about that when I get into the music and, and that, but there's yeah, definitely some opportunity to be using these touring tools in the not-too-distant future. And I've got to say that kind of dovetails nicely into what this week was kind of all about. Number one, of course, it was about making music. It was about being on the road. It was about presenting the the the, the musical concept of the album to you live. That was it. that was the, 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 the foundation of it all. But as a byproduct of that, and it wasn't, like I said, a long tour. It was just five days. We were gone a week. The, the byproduct of that was that it was a kind of a fact-finding mission. It told me okay, you can sell this number of tickets in this place at this time. Uh, There is this amount of revenue to be had. There are these expenses that you've incurred along the way that you didn't anticipate, even though that was very low. There were very, very few, I mean, maybe one or two minor things that I had not anticipated in terms of, you know, extra budget requirements. And, of course, some things were flexible as well. I wasn't sure. I couldn't be sure how much certain things were going to cost ahead of time. And then all kind of small details like where Uber is reliable or not. And it turns out Helsinki, maybe not the most reliable place in the world. Um, and also the, all the little details of booking stuff, all the little details of tour logistics as a band leader and how I want to travel and how comfortable and relaxed I want to be and how well I would like to treat my musicians. So there were little things like that. The location of the hotel in, you know as regards to how far from the venue are you and how far from your onward journey are you and here I'm thinking about Helsinki specifically because we had a ferry the next day it wasn't walkable but it was only about six minutes in a taxi um, whereas the venue was then about 20 minutes away so I had to you know choose was I gonna be near the venue and not be downtown and in that case great to walk back and forth to the venue but then afterwards, no options for food and really far away from the ferry, which is something we couldn't possibly miss. Like that was a non-negotiable. There was no margin for error there. So I opted for the downtown thing, and which was great because we ended up finding some Japanese food after the show. Uh, you know, things kind of closing around 10, but found some a place that was open until 11. So that was awesome. But again, fact-finding mission, really going to help me. Do this better in the future and sort of recalibrate after so many years off with the pandemic and then before that working a lot with other people and not concentrating on being a band leader. Really good to get back in that band leader mindset, remind myself of what I like, what I don't like, um, how it is traveling with people you've never traveled with before. That's very important. Although I traveled a little bit with Nico, but traveling as a band and doing this thing and also the demands of the way we play. And how that factors into the into the daily setup. You know, it really, when we're improvising that much, I have to be, I feel like I have to be really clear-headed when I arrive at the gig. So there are a, a kind of a ton of things that have to go into the planning of the day. So I'm not overworked, overstretched. I don't want too many of those. In fact, I don't want any. But I really don't want too many situations like in Munich Airport on the way down to Nice where we have that immigration thing and and stand a really uh high chance of missing a flight. That that just sucked. And after all of that, after all of the AirPods thing and the 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 nightmare stories from all these people uh that I'd heard in the preceding months before the tour, every single bag made it on every single flight. That's probably I've I've uh I've made my quota for the year and probably I'm gonna get totally hosed on Bob Reynolds tour coming up. So let's see what happens there we're really moving around europe i think we have 12 or 13 shows it's two and a half weeks so a lot more moving parts a lot more trains thankfully but there are going to be a ton more flights on that so we'll see what happens i'm going to suggest all the guys they get the air tags and uh hopefully our luck continues and planning helps i think helps your luck it's like hard work helps you get lucky right um and you kind of can help create your own luck a little bit in those circumstances by booking the right thing, going the right place at the right time and, you know, lowering your risk profile as much as you can. So this week kind of nailed that in a big way. Um, i got to give shout outs to Helsinki. Thank you so much for that. That was really fun. Uh, Marco, um who really was responsible for making it all happen. And then Jan Olaf, uh, who came in and he bought me an amp, the Aguilar stuff, which was great. We did a little interview for a documentary he's putting together. So I'll let you know when that is coming out. I think Stanley Clark is in it. A bunch of great bass players. Um, so we did a little sit-down interview for that. I did a clinic there also. I did two clinics on this tour, which was super fun. Um, so, yeah, Helsinki, first time as a band leader, it was a real honor to be back in Finland after, I think it's been 20 years since I was in Finland the last time, I think like 2002, something like that, crazy, such a long time, let's not make it another 20 years, uh, let's also, that was my bad, trying to tour on possibly, in possibly the worst week of the year when everyone's like on vacation, schools aren't back in, that was, yeah, that was kind of the downfall of the Manchester gig a little bit, although the music I felt was great, and uh, great to put um, a, a, a face to the name from uh, Discord and Twitch peoples and people coming to the VIP meet and greet and asking great questions. That was awesome. Musically, it was really fun. Just uh, we did not sell, um, I'm not going to say enough tickets, we just didn't sell as many as we could and that, uh, that potentially that that could have been way better than it was. But now we know and... I think it had a lot to do with the fact that people were on holiday and Ron Northern Co- uh, yeah, Royal Northern College of Music and Leeds and all these other schools were just not back yet. So we, we missed out on, on a lot of potential ticket sales there. So now we know. So Manchester was kind of the the lightest of the gigs because everything else was super fun. And no, not that Manchester wasn't fun. Everything else was kind of really well attended, which was amazing. Um And then the clinic, I got to say the clinic in Viliandi, if you were there, thank you very much. Um, It was one of the most fun clinics I think I've ever done. We really got to some stuff. There were some great questions. It was like, okay, we're talking about music. We're talking about things that matter. You know, we're talking about real life. We're not talking about fantasy. We're not just talking about gear. We're not just talking about Mixolydian and Dorian. We actually got to some... Fun stuff, composition, reharmonization, uh, the music business—it was really great. So I really appreciate everyone who came out and participated in that. It was hot as as I can ever remember Europe being, especially late August. I mean, holy shit! There is—we all know there's something seriously wrong with the planet, but that was that was unbelievable. And Europe, not that I guess it's uh, much of a solution for global warming, but. Holy shit, it makes me appreciate air conditioning because there was none of it. I mean, just nowhere. (laughs) It was pretty brutal. I think I had maybe two of the nights in hotels, and these weren't like horrific hotels. These weren't like youth hostels or something, and they just don't have air conditioning there. So maybe that's me living in the States 25 years and just being too spoiled. But when it's, you know, when it's 32 or 33 degrees, Fahrenheit, when it's up in the low 90s, uh, sorry, Celsius, when it's 32, 33 degrees Celsius or low 90s in, in, uh, in Fahrenheit, man, you need some AC. It's amazing. Manchester, the hotel was awesome and it had it. and It was right across the road from the venue. That was like the most perfect setup. Really nice room. Didn't break the budget. Great AC in London was like, blah, sticky as hell. So that's tough to come back to after a show. And and you just can't. It really made me think about future touring as well. So here we go. <laughs> Another byproduct of this week was on the whole fact-finding mission of how the hell I'm going to continue to tour. I don't think I can get away from carrying the the pedal board with my own band. I think I'm prepared to suffer a little bit in terms of carrying that thing through the airport, getting it on planes. I didn't have any issues with it. I have to say that. Um, if you haven't checked out the episodes about flying as a musician and traveling and touring and the logistics and all that stuff, go back and check out a couple of those older episodes because I did talk at length about how to do that and how to get status on the airline and how to do your miles on one airline and what kind of perks those give you. And one of those perks is that nobody checked the size or the weight of my carry-on this entire time. Okay, liquid break. Hit my 20-minute threshold here, or maybe more even... But the throat gives out um yeah so when you're going kind of you know first class check-in every time i think i only did business class once like a domestic uh one domestic business class they're kind of pointless in europe and i think this was just a lucky upgrade i didn't pay for it so there wasn't like i wasn't flying business everywhere because it's completely pointless on lufthansa in in europe but with the status you do check in you know, Lufthansa first class. You do end up with access to the Senator lounges. You do get get access to the fast track um, in the airport in terms of security and passport check. You know, just after check in. So with that, it really was easy to kind of breeze through the airport. I get a few funny looks from TSA from the from the people at the scanners. Like, oh, what's all this? Then pedals, and but nobody was taking it apart. Um, People were actually more just curious, like, ooh, what's that? We haven't seen anything like that before, like a crazy pedal board with tons of wires in it. So there were a couple of times I had to explain it, and um, but nobody was checking the weight of it. And it looks like the Pelican 1510 really is. It's actually smaller than so many of the ridiculous carry-ons I saw people trying to get on the plane. So in terms of the size, I was never worried. It was just the weight. You know, it's not the eight kilos that the airline um sort of limits you and i have had that in the past where i've had like a heavy backpack or something and they've just said no way you get rid of some of the shit in there and put it in your check luggage or it's not coming on the plane i had that on the tennis tour actually in 2016 where my tennis bag was like was pretty kind of full of crap i had a manfrotto tripod in, i had a bunch of shit in there that wasn't just tennis stuff and the weight got way up there. It got to about 20 kilos at one point and I was stuffing that in the overhead and they were just a couple of airlines were just like there's no way that's happening. I think maybe flying from like Sydney to Melbourne I remember they were just like "Nah, you're not you're not bringing that on. So it was the weight thing that was worrying me more than anything. And just managed to breeze through and make it happen. So it's really smooth. I can recommend it. <clears throat> I mean, I think if you're slick, even if you don't have the status and the first class check-in and all that kind of fast track shit, I think if you're just cool and don't, like, like grimace as you pick it up or anything and just wheel it along like it's a regular, um, you know, rollerboard kind of carry-on thing, I would imagine you would have very few problems carrying pedals on the plane like that. Um, So, yeah, that is something I would probably recommend the Pelican 1510 if you can get your pedal board pared down enough to fit, which I did amazingly and was really happy with the sounds. That's why... I think I'll suffer, you know, the the dragging it through the airport is not ideal, even though it's on wheels. It's not a weight thing. It's just when we had that tight connection after the immigration snafu, uh, it was really not optimal dragging that thing through the airport. And it's just yet another thing to carry. Like the train travel situation was was less than ideal. And that is why um, I'm going to tell you about this now, which is that I think for the Bob Reynolds tour, I'm going to keep it unbelievably simple like no backpack for my carry-on for instance um, and just have the the base in the in the groove gear capsule have my sort of essentials that I can't check and have to carry on the plane have them in the pouches inside the groove gear that I can just take out I'm still looking for like a really slim slick probably a laptop bag with a couple of pockets on it that I can kind of you know keep my phone charger in it just really the essentials: phone charger, passport, just the stuff that I really have to carry on. Can't check. And then when I'm moving around, when I'm not traveling on a, on a plane or a train or something, I'm gonna have the Groove Gear capsule, but up on the backpack straps. I think. I think I'm done dragging it around on the wheels for now. Um, and then a duffel. So it's gonna be two things. It's gonna be two check bags and then I'm going to slide out one little slick bag that has the laptop and the essentials in it to carry it on the plane, and that's it. No pedal board. I'm going to travel with the Line 6 HX Stomp XL and probably the BP-1 Compact, the Caveman Audio preamp, and maybe put the Stomp XL in the effects loop of that. Um, See if that's kind of the smallest setup I I can find. And let's see. Let's see if I can get all the sounds I need for, for being a Sideman, for doing Steve Smith's thing, for doing Bob Reynolds' thing. Um, I think that is going to be my my tolerance threshold for carrying gear around because with the train travel, it was a disaster. I had four pieces. I had the Groove Gear capsule. I had my duffel, rolling duffel with all the clothes in it. I had the Pelican 1510 plus the backpack with my laptop, iPad, like spare COVID tests, passports, chargers, cables, all of that kind of crap. So getting on a train was, was just dumb. And London to Manchester, I think they amalgamated three trains into one and oversold the same seats multiple times. So luckily me, Tom and Nico were sitting down first in our seats, but like seven more people came with the exact same seat assignments. It was a, it was a mess. <coughs> so with Bob Reynolds in September, October, we're doing a lot of trains in, uh, in Holland. And uh, I, I was thinking forward to that, thinking, like, I need to be so streamlined here. I want to get on and off the train and not sweat through a set of clothes every time I travel. Because that was what was happening now at this week, just sweating through clothes. I needed probably twice the amount of clothes I had with me, which which sucks, just for five days. That's way too much stuff. So, yeah, a lot was learned. Long story long, a lot was learned. Um, there's some great footage I have from the tour, there's some amazing audio. A couple of things were multi-tracked. There was a live radio broadcast in Estonia. I have some stems, some multi tracks from the show in London. So as and when I get to listen to that and potentially mix it and put a few things out, I can't wait to share. You know, if you weren't at a show, I can't wait to share what, what you missed. Like hopefully, um, you know, you know. I'm joking. Uh, I, I do want to share what you missed, and hopefully, um, we'll be able, we'll be coming close to wherever you are sometime in the not too distant future. Definitely, some options for next year. I think we're probably done this year. I don't, I don't think we'll be able to book any gigs before the end of the year. But I'm looking forward to Europe, Japan, and US 2023. That's the plan. As always, Telegram channel, Discord. Be in touch. Like. Send send questions. Let me know what's going on. If you have suggestions, places you want us to play, that is important to hear. That is important to hear as far in advance as possible so I can route tours, make them efficient, make them financially successful and musically great and, and not destroy the band or myself or be away from home for too long in one go. So, um, yeah, let me know. Get in touch, and um, I'm back now. It's awesome. Wedding anniversary today, which is super fun. Um, of course, I'm working. Chelsea's working. It's one of those days. Jet lag is kicking in. We'll probably be asleep by 9.30, but yeah, there's a lot of good things happening this week, a lot of good things happening in the, ne- in the next few weeks, and um, the podcast is now back on regular scheduling, regular, uh, regular uploads, so a lot of cool stuff to, to talk about and to bring your way Um, thanks for sticking around for this long comeback episode I'll speak to you guys soon